Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighting Podcast. I have three members of my family today, firefighting family. <laughs> not your actual, not your actual family. <laughs> I've got Scott. Hey there. I've got Ash. Hello. And I have Rob. Hi there. And of course myself, Todd. I always forget that. So, you know. Should love no, yourself I... more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not in that kind of sense. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, we have some news. Don't we, guys? Rob. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so this news comes out of California, out of San Diego suburb <coughs> of Santee. Uh, they had an airplane crash, which was a Cessna plane landed in a suburb area. Um, two people died, uh, about 10 homes that were, um, destroyed, damaged, uh, in the, f- in the, in the result of that. Um, it was just interesting reading through. Uh, some guy who felt the shock of everything ran out of the out of his house to see, you know, a truck in flames and two neighbors that were in a burning home and were able to open a window and drag them out. And uh, afterwards, reading this was wasn't able to was thankful he didn't have to go into the house because he forgot to put shoes on, hmm. um, broken glass and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, sounds like some uh, some rescues, and then of course firefighters and and everybody doing the two that died. Were they in the airplane, or did anyone on the ground? Uh, no, they said one was a truck driver of a UPS oh. delivery truck. Probably people in the plane too, but they couldn't confirm. Oh, how many? Interesting. And so, did it say these fires that resulted from that? Was it just um, all the very close adjacent structures? Was that? kind of contained that way or was it a spread out scene? yeah looking at the picture here on one of the news sites uh just your regular suburb you know blocks of houses and mm-hmm. fairly close quarters between the buildings and yeah it looks like they're all pretty high density one of the homes is majorly destroyed um and it does look like the scene's pretty pretty well contained um Maybe two structures, um, yeah, a couple vehicles, um, but uh, yeah, I could have got. I mean, if it was more spread out, but uh, some pretty tight density there. But yeah, hmm. I mean, we've had our fair share of um, aircraft aircraft incidents. Well, like this yeah. year, you had the we had the helicopter. That's right. Um, yeah. You guys have had an airplane crash in the highway before. Yeah, down our highway. Yeah. yeah. Um, we've obviously. I mean, years ago when I was very young, we've had. Like one weekend, I think we had like five planes crash. Yeah, um, when the old World War II planes were flying around, mm-hmm. um, we've had some of those. I can't remember what they're called. They're like that. Ultralights. Yeah, like a two per, two or three person like ultralight thing. Yeah, uh, flying to a building. Yeah, well, we had a glider crash in an orchard once. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that happens, especially when you have a small airport around, and these things aren't like some of these planes aren't really the pinnacle of engineering. <laughs> <laughs> So, no. Yeah. Well, I mean, even, like, we were chatting the other day after practice, uh, a few of our guys... <laughs> yeah, they wanted to buy one. They wanted to buy one. And... <laughs> the skies just got so much safer. <laughs> <laughs> I think one, one of them, he's a, a legit pilot. Yeah. Um, the other one wants yeah. to be a legit pilot. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a good idea. But, um, yeah, like, you can, like, buy, like, kits where you put them together. You can buy these old like jalopies and then fix them and 
I don't know privately if there's like certification that has to happen. I believe there probably is, hmm. but like I I look, we've got a customer where I work, and he comes in all the time looking for product. And he's like, oh, I'm gonna put this on my aircraft. I'm gonna put put this on my aircraft, and I have no issues selling things o- over the counter. I put what? <laughs> I don't want to incriminate this guy. <laughs> he's crashing, but I have no issues selling it some shoddy equipment. If you're gonna go put it on like your Pinto, and if you <laughs> break down, you pull over. Yeah. Right. Like you're flying over my house. <laughs> I can't really pull over. I don't know. I know who's like checking the boxes that this thing's gonna be legit. So. Hmm. Yeah. Planes are scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> planes are scary. That's more of the story, everyone. Planes are scary. Planes are scary. <laughs> And we are going through the planes, trains, and automobiles discussion. Yeah, mm. yeah we, we absolutely are. We're kind of touching base on a bunch of them. Uh, so into that, Scott, the one who uh, chatted so about On the train fun. thing. So we uh, posted on Facebook. Let me find it. Um, it was actually a number of years ago, I guess, this thing happened. And there's debate whether it happened or not. It was actually 2012. I'm talking about Sharon Springs, Kansas, uh, Union Pacific crew boarded a loaded coal train, and while they were going along, um, a wheel bearing caught fire, melted, and landed on the tracks. Not particularly bad, but the, the um, they stopped, and supposedly they stopped on, a, on an old uh, trestle bridge, which is obviously covered in creosote. And then uh, they noticed that the, um, the creosote bridge was starting to catch fire, and they wanted to move the train, but policy and the higher up said, no, you can't because policy is for them. Once uh, a defect is found, they can no longer move the train. Right. So um, in our post, we talked about how uh, this is uh, this is why decentralized command is important. The people on the ground know best. Policy should be written in such a way that never and always don't appear in them. There are a few absolutes in life. Um, I kind of did some checking um there was a snopes on this and it didn't actually happen um that they actually disconnected the train and drove and drove away did you drive the train away yeah <laughs> choo-choo away um so i mean there was some bait debate and but then i actually found a train forum when they were talking about this that it actually did happen so hmm. i don't know either way uh if you ever have policy like policy should be a guide it should never be a um that's right it's not a, it can't be an absolute because mm-hmm. Uh, there's no absolute, especially in our business. I, I think in any business, there's really right. unless, SOG unless over SOP. Unless you're doing mathematics, yeah. there's no absolutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we just gotta. I think that's something you just gotta keep in mind. The guys on the ground are gonna know, usually know the best. That's right. And um, the commander doesn't really need to get involved unless he's first of all like he's asked or or he absolutely knows the the facts. Yeah, that was just the point of that whole conversation yeah and i think that that does bring up the um the age-old discussion about um what you have currently for your um standard operating guidelines right in, in place in your halls mm. you know maybe they need to be re reamped a bit reworked um you know like we're we're redoing and making a whole pile of new ones on our department yeah. um and a lot of that is that is, is that you know it's it's a guideline like there's certain procedures in there that we want to be following um, but that still has that open box as, Hey, if this event changes, you now have, you're empowered with the ability of the knowledge and paper trail to say, Hey, this is why we're doing it. We're making this decision because of this, not because we can't do that because of this. It's no, we're making this decision because this is unsafe now. That's right. And, and I think they have to be, um, written 
somewhat vague. Like somewhat mm-hmm. like they can't be too exact. When you get start getting too exact, that's when people can be like, well, this line A of section B says you you screwed up. Wherever it was a little bit more vague. Um, thinking about my um, work, where there's discussion on emergency lights right now, and uh, yeah. and you know policies on that, and, and there's this huge like list of all these criteria, and it should just come down to is public is a public safety risk, yeah, yeah. is public at risk or is it safe? Um, that's really what emergency lights should come down to. Are you improving the situation by turning them on or uh, keeping them off? You know, uh, is, does that improve the situation? That's really what it should just right. come down to. This public safety, the public safety is always paramount, and does it improve it if you turn them on at right. this time? Mm-hmm. It'd be, you know, it'd be one one line, one paragraph. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I guess policy people don't make money if they <laughs> their policies it's like one sentence. Like, yeah, I mean, because back in the day, we used to have a constitution. Yeah. Here at the hall, we never had policies and procedures. We had a constitution, yeah. and the constitution was like I don't know, we know how long it was. What it was like, it's fairly short. It was. It was short. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, um, I don't remember. Yeah. It's been so long. Yeah, it's, I don't even remember what it said on it. But I mean, it, was, it sounded like it was pretty vague, but it was also covered a lot of stuff. Mm. It might have not been, might be too vague in some ways. But I can't remember. Yeah, it's going back. Mm-hmm. I know it. It comes. It, it rears its head every once in a while because one of the when one of the older guys brings it up. We're all like, oh, yeah, they had that thing. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows where it is. Back it works. in the day, we don't really use it at all. Like we don't. I don't even know if we can find a copy of it anymore. I'm sure that's somewhere. But, but again, that was before your standard operating guidelines were in place. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's essentially what it is. The constitution that we had here was was essentially um, based on our ideas and opinions of events for the hall based on good standing and faith of that's things, right. right? Like that's, something similar, like a code of conduct. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Like. Your ethics, your code of conduct exactly. stuff, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I do like the vague, but you don't want to be too precise with anything like that. It's uh, as soon as you're precise, <clears throat> it limits thinking, <clears throat> and it's I don't want to say a cop out, but it's always a reference point. Then, like, yep, yes or no, and that comes back to the absolutes of everything. Well, the way that I interpret this absolute written line therefore that is it and you will work that way from now until the end of time yeah if it's vague with some interpretation to it uh and you're operating in a group of good leadership as well i mean i guess if you had some terrible leadership um that could put you down a bit of a bad path but when you have some good some good leadership well-trained people um you are much, you're much more free to operate uh, within your skill set um, mm. and your SOGs. Um, you're, you're, it's just a much better team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Good. But don't park a train on a trestle if it's on fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, story probably a good idea to yeah. toot you it away in Scott's <laughs> words. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that brings us into our discussion and topics for tonight. Um, so, as always, <laughs> it seems, we were talking about VIS issues the last podcast. Mm. And what happened this week, Scott? Yeah. So, uh, we didn't actually uh, train this week because it was our meeting night. So, you know, um, we, that was our plan for next week. We were going to do VIS practice, mm-hmm. as we talked about last episode. Um, but on some point this week, what, Wednesday? What day was that? Thursday. Thursday. 
Thursday. Right? Classic. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was uh, I was driving back from work and uh, going for lunch, so you know, lunchtime-ish. Um, and I'm driving back, and you know, as we said before, we live in an agricultural area. And right now we're right on the cusp of uh, burn um, burn season starting back up again for um, like prunings and, and yard waste and stuff. Um, so I was w- driving back and I could see this big cloud of uh, white smoke. And I was looking at it. I'm like, well, that's a pretty big cloud of smoke. But I'm thinking, ah, some orchardist is burning his prunings. So I called Sounds the, like my story. Yeah. <laughs> so, I go, yeah, so, so I called the chief. I'm like, oh, hey, uh, is it burn? Like, he's like, I couldn't remember. I'm like, I couldn't remember what day it was. <laughs> it's like, is it burn season yet? He's like, nope. So then I'm like, okay, I said, I think some farmer's burning his prunings over by you know, this area. He's like, okay. So yeah, I think, yeah, he asked me, well, what are you up to? And I said, well, I, mean, I can head that way too. So him and I are both heading that way. And uh, from the angle I was on, I had a pretty idea, good idea where it was. I was pretty much in line, except I was a little too high. <laughs> so. I go driving out there, and as I'm getting closer, I'm looking at the smoke, and I'm reading. I'm reading the smoke, I guess, <laughs> like pretty heavy volume. <laughs> um, velocity was pretty good. I'm like, and I'm watching it. And I'm like, hmm, it's turning gray. And then I'm like, and as I'm getting closer, I'm like, because uh, you know I was probably five five k when I saw it, so I'm getting closer and closer. I'm like. And I'm driving through town and you know, going past people. And I'm like looking at them again, and I, I get like views of it as I'm going past buildings and stuff. I'm like, I'm not starting to turn kind of brownish. <laughs> so now I'm ripping down, and it was actually right by where my my parents live, so I, I know the area really well because where I grew up. So I'm ripping up there, and I'm now it's like as I'm getting closer, really close, it starts to turn gray black, <laughs> and it's heavy smoke now. I'm like. Ooh. And um, just as I pull in, I realize now it's actually down. Would that be like a gully? No, it's a plateau. I'm on, yeah, I'm on, I'm on the upper plateau. I guess probably a couple hundred feet up above this thing. Right. So I'm above it, and it's down. And so I'm on top of the plateau. It's down in the valley, and I'm like crap. And there's no way to get down there. Like driving. <laughs> and just as I pull up to where I can't go any farther, the the page comes in for. And it came in, and again, this always bugs me because we we uh, and I think we've gotten away from saying it, but um, I, and I guess when people call it in, dispatch just has to relay what they hear. Mm-hmm. So it comes in as a fully involved structure fire, right. and as we've talked before, um, it's it's not fully involved until it's fully involved. Yeah, like fully involved means like every window is fire showing, like fire everywhere. showing it everywhere. Because yeah. fully involved means we're not doing any rescue. You're basically <laughs> defensive. Yeah, right. absolutely. So it comes in as a fully involved structure fire. So I run. To the top of this orchard i look down i'm like oh it's definitely a structure fire so i call over the radio yeah working working fire and uh now i'm like okay get in the truck and drive you know two kilometers back around and find the place or drive back to the hall get in the truck or try to get on scene and do a 360 and get the process rolling so i'm like okay so at this point you were going there Chief was not. He was coming, but he was probably like he was coming. Like, yeah, I'll get there because it's yeah, a I'll burn figure time. it out. Yeah, yes. and he you know lives a fair distance away. That's right. So now he's starting, and obviously he's coming now. Code three because it's a structure bar. So I'm now I'm like okay, I know the area, I know this path here, so I start running on the hill. So I'm running on this kind of trail, and then I get to the bottom, and I realize oh, that's still like a good quarter mile run. Because <laughs> <laughs> as the crow flies, you got a really nice view from there. Yeah. Yeah. About that. Yeah, because you're sitting right above. On I'm, 
Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, yeah, I actually could feel the heat off the fire. That's how close I thought I was until I get to the bottom. I'm like, oh, I still got a good long distance to run. <laughs> it was about that same time. From my work, between two of our buildings, our shop and our, our mechanic shop, like Ash said, as a crow flies, from there, I can see the smoke from that fire. Yeah. And you thought it was on top of the... Two, yeah. And I thought it was the top of the roads where yeah. you thought it was. Yeah. So I ran through work, grabbed my radio... Up the hillside I go, yeah. as the call comes in, now it ends up being the next road over. Which is down. And down. <laughs> oh, yeah. So now I'm ripping around. How come you didn't run in the mountain? <laughs> <laughs> I was smart. <laughs> smart. <laughs> and yeah, ended up in the hole. Yeah. So, is that you were first engine officer, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm running down uh, the street, running past people, because people are now attracted to this fire. So I'm running past the street, and I'm trying to listen to the radio, but I'm also trying to run. And... Uh, I can hear someone say, where's the nearest hydrant? Or, I need to, I need to find the nearest hydrant. I think when you, maybe you guys said that. Nope. Not someone asked where the nearest hydrant was over the radio. So I'm like, so I stop. I'm like, no hydrants nearby. And I keep running. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah. I'm running, I'm running, I'm running. Just gas. So, so I get around the corner. Because, you know, you got the adrenaline and you got the, uh, the in fact, you're running. <laughs> so I get around the corner and I'm like, okay, I, now I can see the fire. I'm like, single family home. Uh, partially or heavily involved. <laughs> I said, I need uh, electrical. I think I asked for everybody else. Yep. So I asked for what I was about to ask for, like police, ambulance, yep. electrical. So I, the reason why I asked electrical right away, because I could see them, the power mass was uh, getting impinged by the fire. Right. So I was like, okay. Well, right across from there, too, there was a telephone pole in a yeah. cul-de-sac with a transformer on it as right. well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I called for that and um, didn't take much of a breather because I'm like, okay, I got to do 360. So I start doing a 360, and as I'm doing a 360, I can hear Rob actually coming in the first engine. So first do. So I start relaying what I want because I can see it's not actually fully involved. It's only um, the carport has burned up into the, so it's a like attached carport, mm-hmm. and then above that is like a deck, like an open deck. Mm-hmm. And now then, was the carport like open? Well, it was on fire. So. <laughs> no, sorry, <laughs> it's definitely like, open. Like... <laughs> Jeez. Um, <laughs> it was on fire. So. <laughs> um, was it like he framed it? Yeah, there was no. It, it had no. It was like you know, like a carport, and then so you park underneath, and then the decks on top. So basically, right. the deck acts as a roof for the carport, yeah. and then gotcha. on top of that was Walls, like another blah, 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 no, yeah. no garage door. Yeah, it was kind of what we would call. I think we call it a BC box. Right. It's, it's, it's mm-hmm. a standard. Yep. You know, building we have around here. But with an open carport. So the carport is fully involved. So that, I'd say, that was fully involved. The deck above was fully involved. And then it was starting to get into the roof mm-hmm. and push into the structure itself. So I radioed to the first dude, which is Rob. I said, uh, I said we're going to make, it, I think, a hard push or something. I said, this yeah. will be definitely a hard pu- or heavy push or hard push into the structure. Um, I want a two and a half on the, because it was heavy fire, so I want a two and a half on the deck and the carport. And then I want an inch and a half through the front door. So Rob's like, yeah, copy that. <laughs> so now I'm going around the building and coming through the smoke. I get, and all of a sudden I see a 500 pound um, propane tank, which is weird because I thought that down there had like gas. I guess they don't. Well, so it was a big like propane tank. Like, one but of if those... it's a classic BC box home, maybe it was pre-gas. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, if that's awesome, a 1970s yeah. build, that's true. It might not have gas yeah, down there. there like, I, th- I think it's homes. there now, but yeah. Yeah. So big, like, so 500 pound propane tank and the paint is burning off it as I'm like looking at it. And I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> so right away I, and we started using break, break, break. I yeah. heard you say it. And I think we yeah. picked it up from four street, which yeah. is awesome. Cause I really like, I like, really like doing it. Cause it gives everybody like, it's not a, it's not a, um, um, 
the pause. It's just a pause in the conversation. Yeah, so and, and it, it kind of like gets everybody's attention again. Yeah, everybody else has stopped talking because you have something yeah. further to say. To so it's, it's almost like a mayday, but not because you're not. It's not a. It's not a serious. It's a. It's it's something that has to be said right away with so everyone hears it. So I said break, 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 and then I'm like, I want to change what I just said. I think I said I want to change the plan. I need a hose on this uh, 500 pound propane tank first because it's gonna like it's starting to burn and it wasn't ruptured yet. It was just it was getting really hot. Yeah. So I run around back to the front. Um. So as I'm standing there waiting, you guys are coming in. Um, and then this uh, guy comes running up. He's like, hey. It's, I know this person that lives here. Like, oh, and, and I'm like, and he's like, that's her. That's their vehicle, and they live downstairs. So their vehicle's here. They live downstairs. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, crap, and they're not around. So, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't see him on the 360. So again, get back on the radio. <laughs> and this by this time, I think you're just coming. We're just pulling in. You're just pulling in, and I said, uh, we're gonna change the plan again. We're gonna go VIS. Yeah. So we're gonna VIS the lower lower windows. So, again, the plan changed again. Um, first guy off, I think, was Gus with the hose. He starts pulling the hose, and I'm like, propane tank. So he hits that, cools it down right away. So propane tank instantly is, like, no longer not a factor anymore. Because mm-hmm. now we, as soon as we hit it, it, like, fire's gone, cools right down. Wasn't venting, which is perfect. So he hits it. I He probably hit it. Because it was surrounded by um, hedges by, and stuff. By hedges, yeah. shrubs, yeah. and... Was like pretty close to that, like all that kind structure. of cedar trees, right? right? Yeah. So they catch not fire smart. Yeah, not <laughs> fire. Yeah. yeah, it was. It would have been hiding the propane tank. <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. So as soon as he hits it, it's like basically the like he cools it down enough, and then it becomes like it, now it's kind of out of our mind Secondary. because it, it hasn't vented and it's not venting and it's not making any noises. So mm-hmm. he's cools it down, cools it down, and he's working on that. So I'm like, cool. So then Rob comes with uh, Kevin. Yeah, Kevin. Kevin, the same Kevin we get on podcasts every once in a while. So I'm like, we got a VIS, these rooms, and I'm picking. So I'm like, let's start with this one, and I'm think, thinking that one because it's closest to the fire. So um, yeah, Kevin takes the takes the Halligan, takes the window, um, and like it's classic VIS. Um, actually, while you were you were just throwing your mask on, yeah. So I grabbed the thermal camera and quickly, like I was standing back, it wasn't too close, <laughs> and I could see into the window with it, and just enough that I could see where the door was. So I said, hey, Kevin, there's a door on your right. And evidently, that was actually the door that leads out to the burning um, um, carport. Carport. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then, so it was actually ended up being a rec room. It wasn't actually a bedroom, but it was uh, VISable, I guess, <laughs> other than the burning door. <laughs> so because the information they gave you at the time was that they lived in the basement. Yeah. So didn't know where, but lived yeah. somewhere in the basement. So and that style of home too, like it, it's mm, just split level. Yeah. This your classic split level. You know those lower windows are all the same size. It's, yes. it's, that's right. It's yeah. a lot harder to pick, hey, that's a bedroom window versus that. Yeah, actually, the two windows, window. the three windows we end up going in, all look the same. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and in a smoke. So, sorry, back to, uh, when Kevin took the window, we let it vent for a minute, like we're supposed to, and uh, black smoke came out, but not, not, not the velocity wasn't too yeah. bad. It was just kind of, a, it was black smoke, but it was kind of, you know, not, not heavy slow moving slow moving yeah so we're like like i think it's doable he's like yep so he dives in starts doing this thing then rob comes takes over um i don't know if you can talk to that because i wasn't i by that time i drew back because i was getting other guys the next crew i wanted them to do vis another window yeah so i was busy getting my mask on then grabbed the camera from you kevin jumped in and i basically just directed him and, of course, not knowing that that was a big open rec room, mm. he did a quick search of what I think was a couch 
kind of an open space there. <laughs> he almost saved a uh, almost saved a chair, a chair computer that, chair. Because <laughs> he said when he touched it, it moved. Because you know, a chair, and it moved, and it actually kind of fell over on him. And he said, "We felt it. It felt like a thigh or a, an arm or something." So he's like, "Hey, hey, fire department!" <laughs> I was like, "I was thinking a backdraft when the guy carries up the mannequin, <laughs> and when he carries up this office chair." I say this office chair, <laughs> but he didn't. He, he realized pretty quick what it was. <laughs> so yeah, so we did that. We did that search. Kevin hopped back out, and him and I moved around to the uh, Charlie side of the house because we did the Alpha side first, mm. to the Charlie side, and there was another bedroom window, so Kevin smashed that out. And, of course, the first thing we were looking at, because we talked about it on uh, the VIS last week, was about that center post in the windows. That's right. And Kevin was taking the Halligan and beating on it to get it to break it loose. And I called you to grab the grinder. And I didn't actually know you were asking me to grab it. You're yeah, making, some weird, mask you're making some weird hand motion. I'm like, and I can see you wanted something cut. So I'm like, grinder? And you're like, yeah, the grinder. And you yeah. give me a thumbs up. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I went and grabbed the grinder. <laughs> so yeah, I got the grinder, cut the bottom screws that were in the post. And the top half ripped right out. Yeah. And you had this big open window to climb through. Yeah, and this, that actually was a bedroom. That was a bedroom. Uh, we did a search of that. He quickly checked outside the bedroom door. Yeah. I think sure. it was a bit of a hallway or a bathroom. He checked that as well. Came back out, closed the door and popped back yeah. out. And that was our two searches, which was within a matter of minutes for the two. Yeah. And then, well, you guys are doing that. The second new engine arrived. I got two of their guys to do the same. So they yeah. searched the other lower bedroom. Um, everything was the same way. They went in, closed the door, searched it. So within, I, I way less than five minutes. I'd say three, four minutes. We had we had three rooms fully searched. We basically had the whole bottom, almost the whole bottom floor searched because I found one more room. And as I looked in, I think I was telling you, I said there's one more room over here. But I looked in, I could see the window was blown out and like fire was in there. Um, and it was actually the room where Kevin first searched because that was the end of the rec room. Yeah. So fire was in there, but it wasn't fully involved, and Kevin had already searched there. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I think we've got basically, other than that bathroom, and I didn't realize Kevin actually looked in there. Yeah. Um, we basically had the whole bottom floor done within nice minutes, like less than a couple minutes. And I think by that point, when we arrived on scene, actually, the fire was starting to push through the roof at the Charlie. Yeah, because we had let the, so we have left now fire um, attack was secondary right because we're yeah. we're doing well fire attack on the um on the propane cylinder was primary and yeah, then the, the search the search was that. search was next and then now it was like okay as soon as i saw you guys pop back out i was i already had the fan ready i had somebody get the fan ready the guys were waiting on the fan and then as soon as i saw these guys come out because we never want to turn the fan on while the guys are inside mm-hmm. um i shouldn't say never because i don't like that term but we try not to even though in this case it probably would have worked because, again, like you said, it was self-venting on the roof by that time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they came around. Um, guys checked the door. And it was locked. So a little bit of force entry. Um, a little tougher door than uh, than um, the last few we've forced. So, I mean, by tougher, I mean it took them an extra maybe 20 seconds to break right. the breach. It wasn't, wasn't that long. Um, we were actually talking about this before the podcast. On the side, there was a, there was a glass window. Um, so it's one of those doors with the glass on the side. Now we, you could have taken that, but like you were saying, Todd, mm-hmm. what does that possibly prevent yeah. you from doing later? So or... the problem with taking that, I mean, it depends on your structure. Like yeah. you guys already had other um, windows open, yeah. but uh, yeah, you, 
you definitely want to go through the door first as your primary plan mm -hmm. A, because then you have you can control that flow path, right? Like we we're discussing, you have you can still manage that doorway, whereas we just go smash that window and gain entry. Well, now we've got stuff to put glass you know, back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and and we actually discussed that this weekend as well, where you know a, a small like six inch window beside the door absolutely that might still be doable might not affect what we're going to be doing right uh, versus we enter into a um, a business with a big glass front door yeah that changes things right sure. so that's when we want to be using more yeah. fourth century it might be interesting too with that glass window and you're adding that oxygen if it's not venting and you've got a split upper level lower level where maybe you've got a renter in the basement and you've got a door mm -hmm. that um you know, separates the two living mm. quarters, yeah. mm. you might be introducing that oxygen in yeah. there too. So, yeah. yeah, those, yeah, everything gets, they're all, well, every fire is different, right? Like we did one uh, last winter, same thing. It was a uh, um, split entry door at the top of the stairs and the fire was in the basement. We went in and we actually pulled some people out of it from there. Um, and that one as well, like when we opened, or the door was already open when we arrived, but it was very low lying smoke pouring out at that yeah. point. Cause it was a very small up basement suite apartment. Yeah. But yeah, you know, like going back to the, the timing for the VIS, like a lot of people, we always talk about, um, you know, how fast you can actually VIS something and oh, yeah. the urgency and the importance <laughs> of it. And that just goes to show you like moments after that first unit arriving, you know, you identified the biggest safety threat was that tank. Mm. Uh, and then the information you guys had at hand for IC was the um, vehicle in the driveway, time of day, you know, they're yeah. supposed to be home. Yeah. Cars, the, the pattern is the vehicles at home, they're home. <laughs> or the person wants to answer the phone. Was the oh, right. There you go. Yeah. So lots of information showing, hey, there is huge probable cause that this person or yeah. people are in this residence. Yeah. So quickly identifying... Um, your teams to VIS, it was huge. Absolutely. It was actually really, really cool. Um, I'll kind of back up because I got to listen to everything. Um, I didn't really make the call. Um, I came came down to the hall, helped out where I could. Um, but, uh, I mean, Scott didn't sound like he just ran a marathon. Like, you did really well. It, it was funny because hearing afterwards... Um, I'm like, ah, oh, that makes a lot more sense. But <laughs> just hearing the comms, I wasn't going to come down. I had a little procedure on Tuesday, and I was just doing some rest and, uh, you know, recovery at home and kind of had my pager off, and I'm like, ah, I'm just going to relax or whatever. And I see the call come in, I'm like, ooh, well, I want to listen to this. <laughs> pager on. So the pager on quickly. <laughs> And it was right, basically, when you were getting close, because you were already updating. <laughs> you were out, out of breath. breath. <laughs> but, uh, like, it wasn't bad. It was less out of breath in my mind at the time. And I was like, ooh, this has got to be really good, because he sounded excited. Yeah. And then the next call, I'm like, I think he's gassed. <laughs> I'm like, what? what's happening? That's weird. So I, I, I listened some more. I'm like, with every call, you drop down to, like, regular. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. Now it sounds normal. And then you start to listen and like how that plan changed and it happened so fast. Within one minute, there's three plans. Yeah. And I mean, that's, it stuck in my mind how like, I, I don't want to say I hate, but every time that we respond to anything, 
guys are like, so what do you want from me? And I'm like, I have no idea. Like, we're not even off the apron yet. Like, I will tell you what I want from you. Probably once we get there, like, if it's confirmed something, I'll be like, okay, then now we need this, 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 right? Right. But I hate getting my mind set on what I think I want and what we need. Because you're not going to know. Because you're going to have no idea, right? So, basically, like, maybe, hey, there's a fire. Everybody mask up. Let's get ready mm-hmm. to rock here. Like, that's about the only direction. Um, and that really stuck to me because it was, all right, this is what we're going to do. Holy shit, now there's this big pig in the back that we have to cool off. Holy shit, now it's a rescue, uh, you know, yeah. a potential there. So, okay, now we're going to mm-hmm. switch switch that up again. So there was so much changing so fast. And after that first, like, we kind of always chat about the first couple minutes are a shit show. And that's exactly what this sounded like. Uh, it was really cool to be that far de- detached and listen um, it was the classic, like, there was so much change. And when, when you say a shit show, that's just because nothing's, like, really happening yet. Everything's so dynamic and so early. Um, and then after the first minute or two, things started to settle in. Uh, teams actually had the direction that you wanted yeah. once you had all, all, all the info. Um, and, man, it sounded great. Um, so many things were, were happening that I think we take for granted when you're in the moment, it just rolls off and it works. Um, I think some really good points uh, was the fact that that 360 was done well and you got that info. Uh, mm-hmm. The fact that you're putting those those key key pieces, there's a vehicle here, shit, that person isn't answering the phone. Yeah, let's get in that basement. Let's do a quick search. And it is, it was quick. Um, and then we had everybody. Like, Carl texts, and he's like, because he, he knew I, I wouldn't be there. And he's like, how like how, how many guys are there? I'm like, literally everybody. Like, we don't have an apparatus left in the hall. And like, not every, like, it wasn't like full up every time no. something would leave. But things were leaving. We got both, both of our engines out. We got a water tender out. We got a rescue truck out. Like, all of the things that you want to see leave, leave. Yeah. Um, and it was pretty tight quarters, too. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. that turns into a small cul-de-sac, yeah, yeah. right? Because people are like, when I was running up, there was all these cars, like, parked outside. Like, they weren't, like, I think they were just people, like, attracted to the fire. So, yeah. I was, like, yelling, you gotta go. Yeah, like, yeah. they were, like, they weren't in the cul-de-sac, but they were parked on this street outside, and it's not a, it's not a mm-hmm. wide street. It's yeah. in a rural area. It would be a challenge to go side-by-side with two engines there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's like a, a lane and a half, maybe. Oh, it's definitely yeah. not a two-laner. Yeah. Uh, and there's a pretty good grass shoulder and yada yada, but I mean, you start getting, you know, command truck down there. Um, I didn't realize that you ran, so I'm thinking there's going to be like a command truck. <laughs> See, I knew the parking was going to be bad, so I just parked, <laughs> exactly. a, I parked a mile away. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> Gave lots of room. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, two engines, water to get shuttled in and out because yeah. the closest, um, the closest hydrant was about a kilometer or so away. Yeah. Um, actually, right by Earl's place. Yeah. And he's Quite like, oh, man, <laughs> his dogs were losing it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he has a camera. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, every time someone came there, they're just losing their shit. <laughs> um, so having that foresight to keep everything open, it, it sounded really, really good. That was a challenging call to set out. Um, yeah. But, man, it, 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 it sounded really good. Uh, I got a tip to my hat that those those three quick searches were were aces, man. Yeah, it was like so, crazy fast. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. like those, that, those are the major changes. Like you think of your as 
an officer when you're rolling up on scene. Everything going through your head, right? You know, you're doing your, your scene assessment. Mm. You know, you're hearing trucks leaving. You're starting to build your IAP. Here's an action plan. You know, you're doing your 360. There's always other people running up and yelling at you and asking you questions. You're trying to deal with that, the bystanders. And then, you know, you're formulating, you know, all these things at once. You know, and a lot of people tend to forget that. Like, the multitasking that's going on is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And then being able to identify everything safely and pass that on effectively to your other crews and other officers as they arrive is major, majorly important. And it sounds like that happened insanely fast. And that's the biggest thing I noticed becoming an officer. It's like, you know, we always bug bug the officers in the front seat. Like, Mm -hmm. when you're a guy in the back seat, you're like, what do you guys do anyway? You just sit there and do nothing. (laughs) <laughs> it's like but that, as an officer now I'm like you have to do all that stuff you have to mm-hmm. multitask like 100 different things when you're the guy in the back seat you're like okay this is my task my task is I'm going to be the nozzle operator there's a bunch of stuff you got to do but it's yeah. all a nozzle operator associated right. and then okay I'm the I'm the driver slash pump uh, pump operator yeah so yeah he's got Each a lot of stuff job to do job has a ton of yeah. little yeah. tasks yeah. Yeah. but they're heavy, all kind of associated on that yeah. job yeah. so they're all kind of associated with that job mm-hmm. but when now when you're an officer you're like okay I got to Keep in mind, okay, the engine can't park underneath this wire. Yeah. So I got to tell the engine where I want it to park. I said, I got to get the search team ruined. So I'm going to need two guys. What kind of search do I want? I want a VIS. So you got to, like, okay, now what do they need? Okay, they're, if they come off the truck and they maybe miss something, they didn't grab a tick or something. Uh, so you got to grab, you know, make, as they're coming off, you got you to look at them as they're running by it. <laughs> okay, they got everything they need. Okay, and it's like, yeah. Ugh. And not only now. <laughs> and now you change up the plan. <laughs> and especially when, as soon as you switch into a VIS situation, like, as an as instant commander, <clears throat> you're not only looking at just, you know, your overall fire scene. like, hey, well, our priority now is these potential victims mm-hmm. inside. Yeah. So now we're VISing. Mm-hmm. Okay, now my clock has started as well for right. our manpower. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not only that secondary clock that people don't talk about that's always going from the onset of the fire if there is victims in there. Mm-hmm. What's the resuscitations? What's, you know, <clears throat> you know, the... The risk versus benefit of as far as going in to do a VIS. Yeah. Uh, so, like, all these are, are playing in the background of your mind. And then third, oh, yeah, there's this big-ass fire that's caused all that's still going that we're not suppressing because we're now doing a rescue because mm-hmm. of manpower. And then now you're dealing with other guys coming in and then water sources and, like, so yeah. there's so much And you can't on. do one thing without doing, like, you can't start venting and pushing it in Absolutely. without waiting for the VIS to be done. So yeah, and then, okay, I got guys in time. Now I got writ, I got to start establishing and... Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's, uh, there's a lot going on. It was one of those calls, too, where usually we, as an officer, you're okay, I want you to do this, this. You kind of stand back and watch your guys do something. This very call was on. definitely very hands-on. All the, very, everybody was in, involved. <laughs> I mean, I jump off the truck. I went around and grabbed the halligan and axe, got all prepped, and Kevin grabbed the halligan and smashed the windows. I mean, yeah. So I was filling that role as the backup for the VIS entry, and the two other guys in the back are grabbing nozzles to put it at the front door and put out the car carport that's on fire right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was well. One of the guys is a newer guy too. Yeah, because the daytime call newer guy. He um he he's not qualified yet on VIS, so it's like we're not sending him in to do VIS. Yeah. And we're not necessarily going to have him as a backup guy either for VIS because he doesn't really know what to look for yet. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. like he got tasked with get me the get me the fan, get it started, get the front door. Don't open the front door yet. Just keep it there. Pull the nozzle. Get that all ready. Yeah. And then too with all those searches, by the time we'd done those searches, 
and Kevin and I came back to the front, you now had another truck on scene with more manpower where you had... Um, they had done the other search. Yep. So, and then they were getting ready to do a force entry through yeah. that door. Yeah. And once they made entry into that, we were able to get another couple of hands from one of the other trucks and start throwing a ladder on one of the front upper alpha bedrooms. Nice. And, yeah. And, yeah. and at least have that in case yeah. needed. Yeah. And, and yeah, I love that. Luckily mm-hmm. we did because uh, the, you know, the right hand side of the alpha side of the house was starting to cave in because yeah. of the fire that was in the attic. In the, yes, I'm in watching the that too because the interior team goes in and I'm watching the roof start to collapse, but it's like, I'm, oh, watching, no, where they're, I'm watching where they're standing. I'm like, okay, it's far enough away from them. And I'm like, and there's, there's experienced guys in there, so they know, you know, and then they're, uh, actually, we gave them the piercing nozzle to work the, the ceiling. Mm-hmm. So you can see the roof starting to go a little bit, but I'm like, I'm not going to pull them out because they can see it's like, it's not going to be a full collapse. It's going to be like a basic, and then they're in there and we can kind of see them. And actually, I was talking to Jay later, and he's like, no, I it was totally fine. He's like, and they had some difficulty yeah. with it up there, too, because of the way the structure was built somehow. Yeah. I didn't really, was... I've never went inside, like, the whole, because I no gear, so well, I never did go inside I think the way a couple of guys were explaining it was it may have had that old popcorn ceiling. Oh, right. It was and then ceiling. they put a two-by-four on top of that and fresh <laughs> drywall. So they actually oh, had this really? little extra layer one of those double that they had to deal with, too. strange. Yeah. So, and then... I think I'm not sure what the the roofing was. They, it actually was underneath some of the roofing too. So, yeah. you know, we're we're near the end of the fire, and we still got a little bit of whiff of smoke coming from the roof. Mm. And so I think they threw the attic ladder up at the top of the steps to get up to the roof and get mm. underneath all of that. Right. Yeah. So then, yeah. Once they started making the push inside, they did a quick fire attack, and then I think another team went and did another like kind of. Regular search, like a secondary. Yeah. We did well, a they, secondary. They did, yeah, they did the tops because it got the guy still was like, I still don't know where my friend is. We're like, okay, so, and then it turned out that person uh, likes to go for walks and known to not bring their phone. And okay, so I guess they end up turning up. So, but yeah, we did end up doing primary search, secondary search, and we did like a tertiary search, I guess. Yeah, one uh, so one we did find one pet. Floors, I think yeah. we found a pet on the first in the primary search. Yeah. Was, right. Mm-hmm. Um. And one thing I noted for Kevin, because uh, normally what we do, and um, we try to get, if you're the first guy in the VIS, when you come out, you now you become the, the tick holder. Because Kevin actually VIS both yeah, rooms, and then I think he realized on the second one. How tired he was. Because he came out and he was, he was like, he like laid off the side, and he's like pulling off his gear, he's like, woo! I said, yeah, it's tough, because I did that one that one time, or other time we ever did VIS, and mm. first when first room I did, I came out, small room, and I was getting, I was gassed when I came out, and um, Kevin was actually with me and partnered on that one, and he was going to go in the next room, because right. it's like a trade-off, right, because just your search quality goes way down when you're when you're gassed. Mm. Yeah, so. for sure. We had that same discussion about uh, some of our forceful entry stuff we're doing this weekend, as, you know. You get a door that you're struggling with and you're a little bit more time and now you're mm. gassed. Mm. Okay, now it's important to, to speak up with your team, cycle out, change mm. positions, let somebody else go yep. in. You take a you know a third roll back maybe as that door guy or something and bump up later. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty important. I was going to ask, um, so that classic PC box, was this a walkout basement or a... A walkout into the carport. Walk out in the carport. Uh-huh. So the basement windows were like we're, a, a we're, foot or so. We're, we're on grade. Right. So basically the bottom of the window was on grade with the ground. Right. So uh, no, 
No, they were up. Not very much. Uh, like a couple inches. No, because there was wood stacked on the back of the house. There was wood stacked up to the bottom of the. Yeah, I don't, think it was, I don't think it was like super, It wasn't like... It wasn't like ladderable, because where else no, was going No, 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 you didn't like the little ladder. No, yeah, yeah, it was no, literally no, like, no. you just put your leg no, over. No, yeah, you yeah. just hop gotcha. in. Yeah, yeah. But, but you had to crouch down to get into the to window. To get in. Yeah, yeah and then to you climb You had to climb up to get in the window. You almost so just belly out. You had to climb out, I think, you Kevin. You had to climb out. To, I think Kevin used the Halligan footstep. There was a bed maybe 20 inches from the window, so... He may have stepped on the bed. So I think the first out. one he might have used a helicopter to get out. Gotcha. Yeah. There was a couch. There was a couch. Oh, was there a coacher? Oh, yeah. yeah. I was kind of not watching that. I was like, once the yeah. searches were going, I'm like, these guys got it. <laughs> I got other things to worry mm. about. Yeah, I actually meant to drive drive by later. I thought that yeah. same same day, but just to throw eyes on it. So. Yeah, I wanted to see it, but I had to go back mm. to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After yeah. Um, but that's what I was thinking. Thought being there, I'm like, oh man, VAS ladder would be awesome. Um, what yeah. would that look like? Even like the flip side. On the inside. On the inside. Like, yeah, you don't know. inside. I mean, there's yeah. always... Because if we actually found somebody, because that was the other thing, like, if they found somebody, okay, what do we got? So the roof ladder came out quick, so that way that roof ladder could have been the stretcher, like, mm-hmm. the train. Yeah. Um, yeah, because we were definitely, we're, I mean, we're not searching just because for the fun of it, searching because yeah. we're actually looking for somebody. You're hopeful that it's a rescue. Yeah. Um, I mean, hopefully yeah, it's no in there, but hopefully yeah. it's a viable rescue where you want to get that person out quick, so then comes that ladder. Another thing on our, so we did our 360... And then uh, Rob and I, after things were kind of settling down, Rob and I um, started doing another, we did another kind of 360 because we're actually still looking for this person. We thought, oh, maybe they got burned and they're now out in their yard. So we did another 360. And as we're walking around the 360, there was actually um, cast off from the fire landed on this um, planter box that was full of um, like cedar um, pieces or as a wood chips or hay or or something like that. Yeah. Right. So it was burning <laughs> right next to a cedar hedge. So we're about to have a we're about to have a friggin' uh, uh, like a bushfire. Yeah. <laughs> so I got one of the guys running the nozzle on the back side of the structure. I was like, "Hey, can you hit this thing? <laughs> we're about to have a uh, you know a, a wildfire." Right. <laughs> so that's another like important like do another three sixty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you guys go? I know the initial call was um, two and a half. Mm, we never did go two and a half because um, of the switch. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I think two and a half would have been overkill on the on a propane cylinder. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because it, it wasn't like the propane cylinder wasn't had, didn't have a big fire it, it just, just had fire on it. And yeah. I wanted, and in my mind, the reason why I went switch back for the two and a half is because I wanted a longer cooling factor for with sure. that inch and a half, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. on a fog, just sitting there cooling the tank. Yeah, because yeah, the only thing that was melting <laughs> the tank paint was all that exposure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. So I wasn't sure if it was going to be boil and possible blevy or if it's going to blow the... Because we've been on one where the um, yeah. where it vented before and that's a pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah for sure. Because you got to always keep that in mind that <laughs> someone's got to watch that thing and cool, keep it cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm glad it didn't vent because that would have been a whole other... Uh, sure. I'm glad it didn't blow either. But <laughs> yes. <laughs> the best outcome was what happened was it mm-hmm. nothing really happened to it. Yeah, it got <laughs> it just, on fast. Yeah, it's cool. You know, monitor, fast. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. but it was definitely uh, not an easy thing. If without the three sixty, I don't think we would have spotted that because it was definitely tucked out of the way, it's pretty buried in there. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because yeah, I got to see it. Uh, I came up after you guys were just in uh, your mop up stage. Mm-hmm. I swung by and chatted with the cruise. Mm-hmm. But then our truck was uh, sitting at your hall. Yeah, yeah another really good call. Good. Yeah, we, we had nobody. Morning. Yeah. I think yeah. they were there 10 minutes and then you guys had a fire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, how many guys out of Curiosity were on that scene for you? Um, there would have been... 
between close to twenty. Close to twenty. I can't remember the exact numbers, but close to twenty. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And and I felt like we were running out of manpower. Like yeah. we were like, I'm like okay, got okay, got these guys inside. I got these guys over here. Mm-hmm. And then these guys are now these guys are now exhausted, so they're sitting over there. Mm-hmm. And I got I got a writ team, and I got you know pump our operators. I got got um, I got tender shuttling. Shuttling, yeah. So it's like, <sighs> I mean, it doesn't operate. take long to burn up yeah. manpower. Yeah. Um, initially, you get a lot done with 10, 10 guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's once okay now they're they're through their first set of tanks. Yeah. You're maybe gonna get another set of tank out of that well, and the searches you, take a lot out of guys, right? Absolutely. Any search. So you're only going to get, like, one tank, and then you're gassed. Mm-hmm. So you should go out, cycle through, get mm-hmm. a fresh, fresh bottle on, mm-hmm. chill out. Um, I think you start losing guys like that mm-hmm. real quick. Like, and just, you're, you're on scene like that for a while. But in 15 minutes, a lot's happened, mm-hmm. but there's so much work left to do. Yeah. And, like, you're, you probably lose... 40% of your manpower that are like boots on the ground working like yeah. not pump operators or whatever but because like yeah. they're still attached to the truck but you lose the boots on the ground guys pretty rapidly mm-hmm. um, and yeah you you can't pull rip like yeah. that's their job so yeah. you want them fresh maybe they're doing some other stuff but great like just non maybe they're like, throwing a ladder maybe they're yeah. you know yeah. i think i actually grabbed at one point i had the rit guys uh because because they didn't need their pack on so because they were lobbing water at the hole in the roof <laughs> trying to keep that cool yep. a little bit well actually that was the uh second um that was jp who's the engine uh the driver on the second engine he was actually he had the, the engine half out just cooling the that um that hole in the roof while the guys were breaching yeah. right because <laughs> we were like we only like at least, at least put something on that fire while it's mm-hmm. Yeah. Knocked, oh, knocked a lot of heat out of it just doing that like you said about losing guys i mean after kevin and i did that search and we a kind of assisted tr- well the door was getting breached after that he was gassed mm-hmm. i was gassed a bit so mm-hmm. taking a breather i was gassed <laughs> god was gassed you're gassed as you don't seen. yeah yeah um, on a fucking marathon <laughs> and then yeah we're i mean i think you handed over uh, exterior command to myself, so I was yeah. watching the backside of the house. You had Jay show up on scene with the. So he was on second truck. Second truck. So he was in the entire interior, interior command. So. Um, so you know, as things were moving further along, you got more guys on scene, and of course, as guys are cycling through bottles, of course we're doing rehab. So now mm-hmm. we're getting our vitals checked by ambulance yeah. on scene, mm-hmm. um, taking a breather. I mean, by that time, it slows pretty much. Like we were down in a mop pretty quick. Yeah. Because I still made it. So started my lunch hour. I was ten minutes late for work. Yeah, <laughs> that's I, crazy. When I had a, when I had a command back to you, because yeah. by then it was basically now and like just mop up. So yeah, yeah. Um, I just handed command to Rob, and I and I actually managed to walk back up the mountain <laughs> and get my truck. Didn't have lunch. Just drove home. <laughs> or just not home. I drove back to work and went back to work. So. um yeah, so you know, structure fires is one thing. They don't take a long, long time on a single-family home. That's right. Mm-hmm. They, you know, we get them unhandled pretty fast, and for the most part, it's only and you know the mop up obviously. There's that fiddly like ripping some ceiling. Yeah, and, it takes so, that's yeah. labor intensive as well. But I think also early introduction of that piercing nozzle, because um, we we pretty much as soon as as the doors getting breached, um, we were swapping the piercing nozzle over. And handing it to Jay's crew as they went in. Oh, okay. So Jay's crew went in with a with a regular nozzle and was knocking it down. And then we slid the piercing nozzle into them on another line. And uh, Jay just started going through, knocking, like, hitting the ceiling every yeah. few feet. 
because we knew it was in the roof. And just doing that, as soon as you start doing that, you can see this the smoke change. That's so nice too, because when you're on a tool like a, a Boston hook or something, or ripping you know, it, chipping, and, and <laughs> ripping stuff, and that's so hard on the shoulders. It's mm. exhausting. You know, you uh-huh. get, pick, picking your hole. And then get to the plastic and the drywall, and then if there's something else, some older homes, like I said, now there's two layers of drywall mm-hmm. and extra two by fours in the way, uh, and then making the hole enough, and is it in the right spot for that nozzle to go in? And yeah. with that piercing nozzle, it's the cat's ass. You just walk anywhere, poke, poke, poke. Yeah, so our kind of rule of thumb now, when it's in the ceiling, we just go like every you know three or four feet, drive a hole, mm-hmm. three or four feet, drive a hole. Even if it's not even anywhere near the fire, we're just driving home because we know it's in the ceiling somewhere. So get just, some water in there. Yeah, just get water in there, and then we'll go back, and then we'll still have to rip down the ceiling. But by then, it yeah. we've slowed it enough yeah. or stopped it. Yeah, it slowed yeah. that clock down. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and our, I don't think our guys ever got a chance. So on once they made entry, top of the stairs, and to the right was the living room. They never got a chance to even work that area because it had collapsed. And yeah. I think guys said downstairs. They were noticing some sagging at some point yeah, in the, all the ceiling load. downstairs because of all the, the collapse plus the water plus yeah. guys being side, upstairs. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that ended up being a no-go area. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. But really good to recognize, all right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a good call. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody performed well, and we did stuff we haven't done in a long time because we've been wildfire season. Um, yeah, for sure. So, what are you saying, Rob? You were saying you telling me um, about your gear because <laughs> you you hadn't geared up and like we hadn't geared up oh. for a structure fire in so long. Yeah, I mean, I I threw my mask on, got my helmet on, got my air pack hooked up, and I'm like, boy, I can really feel the air on my body. Shit, I forgot my balaclava. So I'm <laughs> right. digging for my balaclava to throw over my mask and everything, and got that put on. And by that time, Kevin was in the window, so I grabbed a camera from Scott. And then, yeah. but yeah, it's just one of those things where you forget a couple things when you haven't done it. You've been throwing on forestry cubbies for so long. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially yeah, when you're an officer, because a lot of times we're not needed to go in, or even yeah, like we just you know we'll we'll have everything hanging off us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, yeah getting tasks on on yeah. something different in the yeah. command structure. But yeah. hopefully, too, with the officer being more involved compared to years prior, yes, it might you know it might interest the guys now to know more just how important the officer being involved is. Yeah, for sure. Right? Because now it's that extra set of hands rather than being those set of hands standing back and commanding. Now you're commanding and involving yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, it's good knowing too because now I got, um, rather than, again, back in the old days, we used to have like four officers down on the outside, each yeah. guy was like a corner of the building, which yeah. is ridiculous. And then nobody was inside except for some maybe some senior guys. Yeah. Now it's like I could, we could do what we did. It's like, Jay, you got the inside. Rob's, you got, you got the outside. Yeah. I'll take everything else. Like, I'll, you know, I'll deal with all the other crap. Mm-hmm. And then everything was smooth. Yeah. Yeah. No, that it sounds like you know the amount of tasks that took place and the amount of time frame with the manpower. It sounds like everything went very nice. That whole flow. So mm-hmm. well, well done to everybody who was involved. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yes. Well, there you go. We talked about it one week and. Off we, go, off we go into the real world of things. Yeah. And, I, and part of me, I'm thinking, was it because we talked about it that was in my head fresh? And I'm like, no. We t- no. Because I'm like, I was looking at the building going, this is prime, prime opportunity for VIS. Like when they said, when the guy said, down below is where these people are. Yeah. That's where they stay. So I'm like, 
This is prime VIS right now. Mm-hmm. There's like, because we were actually talking afterwards. How long would have that taken in an old school search? And I hose through the front door. Okay, well, we think they might be downstairs. Okay, well, what? Where do you want to search? Okay, well, let's search this side first. So they would have to drag the hose downstairs, cut the angle, go to the first room. Oh, okay, search around there. Oh, they might find some fire, so they're going to be hitting it with the water. Okay, and okay. oh, okay, nothing's in here. Okay, back out, everybody back out. Okay, let's go to the next room. That's going to be, you know, and meanwhile, the building's fire burning above you. Yeah, it's rocking. I mean, they, yeah. we could have sent a second line up, but mm-hmm. now, again, they're going to be spraying and searching. Like, I don't know. I'm Like, the VIS is, I know when it first came out, um, our guys are pretty open to it. Yeah. I think it's by that time we were pretty open to different... Methods. Yeah, and you guys have been kind of drilling it for a while. Oh, we've been doing it for quite some time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's like been heavy five years. Oh, plus. I think Way seven more. or eight. Yeah. Like we, we, we were... Yeah, absolutely. We were definitely not... I don't want to say frontrunners. New York is frontrunners. <laughs> in our area, I think we were the ones doing it right. before yeah. others. That fire right there goes to show how quickly they can be done. Mm. Safely they can be done. Mm-hmm. And do a couple of rooms in... Four minutes. Yeah. Well, Five even and I was even really looking good. afterwards because I was looking through the window, the second one you guys went through, and uh, even the smoke damage and stuff, because you could tell where you guys closed the door. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you could tell that that room wasn't really too badly damaged. No. Whereas I think if we would just left it open, because it was open when I looked in and I said, "Oh, the door's open," and you said, "Oh, no, that was in our secondary search." When you guys went back through, like walking around in there, I think the throw right. path from the basement would have been, you know, from right Probably upstairs would have been coming towards. Yeah. that door and when we close that door i think it would have directed it down the hallway and up the stairs mm. and out the front door if it had yeah you know push that direction yeah right yes closing the door is important yeah absolutely it's not just implied it's important <laughs> <laughs> yes entry is implied yes yeah yeah no, yeah, that, at any point did I have to remind you guys to enter the building? <laughs> no. Uh, nice. So I want you to search. Uh, do that. Uh, next part. Do I just look in there? Uh, what do I do? I'm not oh, right, to enter, go right, in. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Uh, I did remind Kevin though as he dove through the first window. I'm like, make sure you close the door. He's like, yeah. yeah. He's giving a thumbs up as he went through. <laughs> so awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah, that was your Thursday. Yeah, Thursday morning um, or afternoon, I guess. <laughs> so I can talk a little bit about what we did on our, on the weekend as well. For sure. Uh, kind of segues into some of the stuff that you guys were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had about, was there 11 of us that did um, two days of forcible entry. So we did uh, kind of the, they call the forcible entry foundations and an advanced forcible entry as well. So we did, um, we had James and Evan from Training Resurrected come down, and they're associated with uh, Dynamic Rescue uh, Training System. So they uh, they came down, but uh, James and Evan, we've had them before for our uh, first in all loan course that they did. So, you know, that's low, why they're there. I was low, trying to remember why they were there. Low manpower, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, so we did some forcible entry and just like uh, low manpower evolutions for right. fire attack and rescues and whatnot. So, very, very, very practical, very experienced guys, um, very easygoing, uh, really well, an easy pace training environment. Yeah, so we kind of started with uh, some of the basics, just on uh, reminders of your door frame construction, you know, the, your your uh, frame sizes, and the tool orientation is a big thing. So we don't have some of the um, other entry kits 
Uh, like we don't have like the Rex tool and stuff and key tools. So we did a lot of just iron work. So your, your Halligan and Axe, uh, wedges, things like that. And then later on, we did some saw work as well mm-hmm. and grinders and things. Um, so we worked on your basic conventional um, doors. So your inward swinging, your outward swinging, um, and then some industrial type doors, metal doors. Um, the ones with uh, like the safety latch. Um, different types of latches, mm-hmm. uh, what they actually refer to is a, like through the lock. Um, so a lot of what we do is, is customer <coughs> service based. So we talk a lot about the Seattle Sea Rat, for example, right? Right. So um, we get called to gain entry into a medical, mm. you know, like I don't necessarily want to be ripping the door apart with the irons and the frames. Mm. If we have to, absolutely will. But, mm. you know, if we can get into an apartment building or something like that yeah. passively, even better. Yeah. Um, so we practice a ton of different little scenarios like that as well. So with that, you knock, just knock the doorknob off and went in with the screwdriver? So let's say you got like an apartment building, um, so with your, your mortise lock, um, so you can get your Rex tool, uh, just fastens over top uh, as one option, yeah. uh, and you can hit it with your hammer and then pop it out, and then you that exposes the guts of it, yeah. and then you can send a little key tool or... Um, I've got a picture and show you guys as well. They just, they make their own little tools, like a pair of vice grips. Cause you can grab right, your so vice yeah, grips yeah. on the outer ring of your mortise and, uh, spin it and unscrew it. Right. And you mm-hmm. can do it that way as well. Um, and then on the inside, as long as you've got a little 90 tool, you can reach in there and flip it and actually engage the, the, um, block assembly and, and open it. Uh, that's one of the techniques. Um, so we did, did shove knife work, uh, some key blade stuff, uh, through all the bunch of different doors in the hall as well. Um, one of the things actually I found a lot of fun, which was, uh, fairly easy. Um, just getting into like safety locks, like for hotels, for example, you get that little safety chain. Yeah. You know, obviously very small <laughs> screws into the back of the door door frame. You can your way in with the halligan pretty easily to get in but then we're wrecking shit so we start talking about customer service stuff you know the hotels can be very thankful and you get in and they need to gain entry without destroying it so you know you slip a piece of webbing over it you know you, you can uh for that for the chain you tuck your webbing up over the top corner of the door you know pull backwards and down the the top of the door and it, it'll slide it off um and then that the bar that the latch bar that comes around Again, flip your webbing over through it, tie a knot, place your knot um, around the backside of, of the, um, I don't know what you would call it, the little small yeah. little tab that it hooks onto. Mm-hmm. And then you close your door uh, pretty hard and then kind of open and, and just wiggle it back and forth. And then you can uh, manipulate your webbing and that'll actually kick it open as well. So that was a lot of fun little stuff to That's more, try. yeah, it's all more for like non emergent situations. Right? Yeah. So again, we talked about like, are we forcing entry into a fire? Yeah. Lots of options. And then the customer service side of things, right? Yeah. For medical calls mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And non, like non-emergent yeah, medical. medical calls. Because I'm yeah. just thinking back. So, you know, we forced entry the other couple of, what was it last week, two weeks ago, on a medical call. Mm-hmm. And we got there, started off as routine, then it, quickly, then it turned into code three. Yep. And then we got there and paramedics were like, I don't they were saying something like, uh, they weren't sure, so they were they you know they wanted us in pretty pretty quick. Yeah. So Kevin was Kevin had some of the soft injury stuff, just tetting some of it out, and I'm just like just take it like take the door. Cause, yeah. Like it sounded like it was like very urgent, so I'm like just mm-hmm. take the door, whatever. <laughs> so, well, that's just it. Like so he like literally like two hits and it was open. Like we and we broke the door frame, mm-hmm. but 
in my mind, I'm like, okay, fix this. You know, someone will come fix that door frame. <laughs> well, again, right? What are we responding to, right? Yeah. The patient's yeah. condition is going to dictate our response yeah. versus the fire scene is going to dictate our response. Oh, yeah, for sure. So if it's yeah. a fire that we talked about, can I smash that window and gain entry? Probably. Yeah. But now I've lost flow path, right? Yeah. And now I'm introducing air. Yeah. Um, so go-to is going to be Halligan, right? Halligan yeah. and, and Axe and away you go. For sure. Um, now, when you guys do, we're doing that. Were you guys aren't doing the same thing we do with the your shock at first, or no? You... So we talked about that. I brought that question up actually the last time we were in with them, um, and it's just something. It says again, it's not the wrong way. Multiple ways to do it. Lots of departments like doing that. Um, it says they just generally don't. Uh, so we started practicing that style, and it works fine. So we, we don't. We're not practicing currently shocking it. Um, but again, you know, with a, what they call like a high hand on the door and your foot, kind of try and do a boot gap. Um, if it's just a sing, like a single residential entry, usually you're going to get some flex at the bottom of the door, right? Yeah. So then you can stick your uh, your Halligan in and start prying up from there and gaining your uh-huh. gaining your space. Uh-huh. Wedge it with your axe, and boom, Bob's your uncle. You're in, right? Uh-huh. You're in pretty fast. Yeah. Because I think every how many times now. Well, we talked about like a lot of times like this, when this, you do shock a residential, it just pops home, open. <laughs> it pops open pretty yeah. easily, right? And actually, that's what alerted me the other day when our guy Glenn was doing the fourth entry. He goes, he went and shocked the door, and it was just like, boom, and it barely moved. I'm like, because <laughs> I'm like, Ooh, this is a good yeah. one. <laughs> and then he then he did another one, yeah. another hit. I think his first hit, he even said, yeah, my first hit was a little weak. So then he did another one, and it. And it, you could see it move a little bit in the frame, and then he did the third and it moved a little bit again. And we're like, okay, this is a little bit more solid than usual. Right. So, which, you know, and it, I think that keyed him to, you know, it's going to be a little bit more hard work mm-hmm. than usual. But So I think the, the, the mindset behind not doing that is control um, for two things. One, uh, you know, fire. You know, we don't want to blast that thing open. Yeah. I want to control it. And then as I open it, you know, you're looking for any life around it, looking for fire and and your layout, right? So your life okay. safety layout, uh, life fire layout, rather. Um, and then um, the other thing is, is, if it is a medical call, lots of times our patients are close to the door or behind the door. Right. So now you go and fucking rock that door open <laughs> right into them, right? Yeah. Uh, so, again, it's, it's just it's a it's blasted right open. It usually, like... No, it's it kind of really hits it and, and it like, really opens a gap, and you're like, Oh, there you go. And then, really then we just finish the door, yeah, yeah. I, I think, but again, yeah, yeah I guess if, if it did blast, that, it, yeah, if but it did you blast don't it. know, right? You could yeah. blast through it, yeah, right? Yeah. And again, this I'm just oh, yeah, no, I, I get outside it. Yeah. the box, yeah. but um, yeah, so it, it, was, it was really good to see. So we did two person, um, then of course, one person as well with it, uh, different techniques to uh, swing the axe and stuff to, yeah. to get your purchase points, uh, whether you're using your fork and. Uh, you, know, you bevel into the to the frame to the door, yeah. etc. Um, yeah, it was good. They would just use just a single person rescue with a wedge, just a wedge and a halogen as well, uh, aluminum wedge. Uh, it works works very well. Uh, just hit it with it. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's all placement, right? Again, just get a little bit of purchase point. Pull your wedge out, stick it in, hold it. Use your uh, your halogen, tap it in, drive it in. Then you usually stick your forks in. Yeah, that's something that I'd like to to work on. Is a lot that, of fun. That single guy, right? Um, they're never going to be... Ah, okay, never. I don't see them ever working alone. Alone? No. But, I mean, maybe there's a guy behind that's got the hose line. 
I think maybe we know it's rocking behind there, but we still have to get mm-hmm. in that door. Yeah. I'm trying to picture why you would want to have somebody like ready to go, but uh, you can do a lot of work. And I come come back to those doors that, you know, a, a quick shock does gap the door almost mm-hmm. ready to go anyway. Um, a lot of that can be done with a single person. Yeah. Um, and a lot can happen with a halogen and a wedge. Absolutely. And a lot of it, like anything we, we talk about, and that's why I find they're, they're really good instructors, is it's the same principles we base on, is knowing your area. Like, yeah. if I know my area and know my buildings, well, yeah, I'm going to need some more hitting force. I'm going to bring an axe in with me, too. If I can get into this building with a wedge and a halogen, mm-hmm. one less thing for me to carry. And again, depending, what's the reason? Why are we coming here? Are we right. just gaining entry for uh, an alarm with nothing showing? Are we gaining entry for medical? Like, what is it? Uh, sure. So pick your tools. So we just practice all the different skill sets. Um, and it was a lot of fun. And then, of course, like they said, like a lot of their stories. Um, so a lot of the time with a, a halogen and a wedge, he can be in that door pretty fast. Mm-hmm. And he said, they said they like doing that because depending on the, the people on their shifts, um, sometimes you may have a newer firefighter who's coming up to pair with you isn't really up to snuff on the forcible entry thing, swinging the axe. It was like, ah, you know, I'll just kind of pop it myself unless I yep. need that extra help. And then sure. when we got into some of our Sims was that kind of, kind of confined, um, or restricted access. Uh, so during our, with our door frame prop, you know, put up some walls, set mm-hmm. of stairs, very restricted access. So you need to do kind of a bit more, uh, single firefighter method to right. get into those. Uh, so that was very beneficial. And then one thing we're going to practice as well is low vis with that there same, you go. same technique. Yep. Yeah, and he showed us a few little tips and tricks for low vis style right. as, as a single rescuer doing it. Or it's not single rescuer, single firefighter taking the door. Right. In low vis, so just all touch. Right. Come, come down to that classic, just like we had. Uh, basement suite, uh, maybe there's some fire involvement. You go down to the bottom of the stairway, you've got a small landing space. Perfect. Mm-hmm. You might have trouble getting that second firefighter behind you. Mm-hmm. And you're in a fire and you got to get down in, into that basement suite. Maybe you can't VIS everything. Um, mm-hmm. You got to make a push down. Yeah. Yeah. And knowing your doors too, right? Like you, you look at um, your common residence, like which way the doors normally swing, right? They're always swinging inward. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're crawling along, you find an outward swinging door. What's that usually going to lead to? Closet. Mm-hmm. stairwell right yep. things like that so by knowing hey i've got an outward swinging door now all of a sudden and it's probably isn't going outside yeah i'm yeah. i'm pulling it open well i may be falling through some stairs if i can't see here that's right, right. there might be a set of stairs on the inside of it so again knowing knowing your 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 doors and frames yeah um some of the stuff we did it was actually quite fun we did some time relays uh going through uh like a fence gate um, padlocks, uh, some different padlock tricks. Um, fence gate, you're just lifting it up off the, uh, so yeah, depending. So if you got a, uh, an inverted and upside down hinge, yeah. right. Um, so think simple and that was, it was fun. Cause like we've all, I think we've all been on scene where, you know, you get to a gate and you see a guy just jump over and drag a hose over top Yeah. where literally you can stick the halogen, uh, the forks on the bottom piece cause just pinched compressed by a bolt. Mm-hmm. and smash it with your axe and pops off and off you go now, yeah. now your, your gate assemblies on from the hinge side is free yeah um and same with with um 
it's your your locks and stuff, you know, fork end, smash it. You can take up tension by twisting it, do a few other little tips and tricks. It's just practice. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the relays were fun. You know, we were talking about, you guys mentioned it earlier as far as uh, it felt like forever going through the door, but it was really only like 20, 30 seconds. Yep, right. You know, so during these relays, you know, we did this whole whole system. And our last relay was that restricted access one, and uh, it felt like forever you're getting through there. But really, it's it's another thirty seconds longer, and you could see that with the other teams because like our, as actually, was, I was on the one team we went in, and we were the longest. We were just over two minutes for the whole relay, and then everybody realized kind of where our little mistakes were, so they started picking them up, and they got it down to. I want to say a minute and a half. It did really good. Yeah. yeah. The fun relay based stuff. Um, the other good, th- good thing we practiced was just a lot of your steel door construction. Uh, so your drop bars, um, you know, how to gain access properly without, um, like if you have to peel that outer skin, how to access that inner skin as well to actually get your purchase points. Um, but again, it's, it's props, right? It's just, matter of building props and we could do a lot of that on our own but great great course uh very knowledgeable instructors great to be around um yeah a ton of fun we're glad we did it nice yeah the through the lock stuff customer service stuff was was fun he said you start practicing with your shove knife and yeah we started using the c-rat right a bunch of times on our hall as well and it's uh works like a hot damn yeah, and then uh, like those, those little modus shove knives, like within that um, oh, the box cutter um, yeah. handle, Money. so slick, right? Yeah. So anything like that works like a real, real well. So talking about your panic bars, you know, with that uh, Lloyd tool, modus as well. Is it Lloyd tool or the other one, that little hangman looking thing on the on the push yeah. bar? Lloyd tool. Was that the Lloyd tool? Lloyd tool's the. Oh no! The sorry, the <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. K tool? No. So many tools. <laughs> Room full of tools here. <laughs> no, sorry, yeah. So I had no, it was the it was the Lloyd tool we were using for behind like a, a plate, security plate. Yeah, because it's a little longer. It's basically a longer shot knife. Bar, yeah. We had the J tool. J tool. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah, it looks like a hangman. Yeah. I was thinking it looks like a little hangman. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's the, yeah. Yeah, it does look like yeah, so your J tool. Yeah. Yeah. The J tool yeah. works so like slick. Lots of options, right? Yeah. yeah. It's pretty slick. Yeah, it's always fun getting on the on the tools, like the hard, the heavy tools, like your Halligans and axe and stuff. Yeah. But I tell you, the finesse yeah. once you start working yeah. with the smaller stuff like that, yeah. it, it's fun. Yeah. That was our weekend, and then we had to call you guys down for um, our manure tool. pile that was turning into a grass fire. <laughs> yeah, we call you down to help with the structure fire. You call for a shit pile. Shit pile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, yeah, moving on. Do you guys want to talk about fire prevention real quick, what you guys kind of did? or were Yeah, we, we did, because uh, this is the Saturday mark the end of fire prevention week. It is, yeah. Is that international, or is that, I guess so. National. I think so, it's out there, yeah. Yeah. Um, National, at least, yeah. So, we did a, our fire prevention week, um, kind of wrap up, I guess. We didn't do anything all week other than put in a structure fire, so I guess that was fire prevention. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we are also selling uh, some shirts that we uh, yeah. we made to uh, make a little bit of money and also to make some cool shirts <laughs> um, sure. for the big wildfire we had here. So 
we were selling those, and at the same time, we it just happened to be coincided with Fire Prevention Week. So we gave away um, smoke detectors. Yep. Mm-hmm. Did the t-shirt um, sales. Home, home little, plan kits. Yeah, home plan kits. Yeah. Bagged up and stuff like that. Yeah, so it has like a little, you know, the make a plan and all that kind of stuff. Like there's like, kids coloring books and stuff like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had like barbecue. And I think probably the most, I don't know, it's the most beneficial because everything's beneficial. But the thing that probably the biggest takeaway for a lot of people was we we recently cut one of our sea cans in half. That's right. And so we have this, um, it's like a portable burn building, basically. It's even more, sorry, it's even more portable than it used to be. Mm-hmm. So it's like a half of a 20-foot sea can. Uh, not quite half, because the way uh, I measured it wasn't quite right. But it actually worked out well. So we have, a, it's a, a little bit smaller portion, the one we, we used. And um, so it's probably, what, six eight, by? Eight foot? Yeah. Six it's, feet? Maybe eight. Yeah, maybe eight. Maybe eight-ish. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, you know, it's... Eight foot of the sea cans left, and so we got basically the tail end of a sea can, um, and we put a um, stove in it, mm-hmm. and we ran the propane to it, and uh, we did the burning oil um, deal. Awesome. So, so last year we did the burning yeah. oil thing out in the open, which is pretty spectacular. Uh, big fireball. Nice big fireball. Big fireball. People yeah. are like, ooh, uh, but this, I think, really hit it home because I made a point yeah. of telling people, like, take a look at what happens when it hits a ceiling. What's mm-hmm. going to happen to that fire? And yeah, sure enough, Where it goes. hits the ceiling, a bunch of it banks down on top of them, and obviously a bunch comes up the, the tail end of the can. But um, it was definitely more... Uh, I, I really think it, it really brought it home. It was more, yeah. way more mm-hmm. realism to what it would look like. Yeah, throw and, a mannequin standing there now. That's what yeah. I said to Bob. I said, we need yeah. to get some mannequins. <laughs> With an apron on. and. <laughs> Especially yeah. when it hits the roof and rolls over. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. two, obviously, pours enough oil in there to yeah. pour over the front yeah. Yeah. towards you. But you're standing right there with a cup full of water. You're pretty, you're pretty involved. Oh, yeah. It gets hot fast. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. one of the people, because we posted the video of it on um, on our Facebook group. Wait, I think we also posted it. We haven't posted it on the video. Okay. We have a slow mo video and, and, uh, on our on our Hall's Facebook group, and uh, someone actually said they had thrown some water on fire last year. They wish they would have known this because they got burnt pretty good. Oh wow! It, yeah. They didn't get severely burned. They guess they said they got they got burnt. You know, I don't yeah. know how bad. The guy didn't really say, it, but he said he got burnt pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy so, common knowledge for us here, but uh, a lot of the public doesn't realize that hey, how dangerous it can be. How dangerous it can be? How boiling grease bad. Because you hear about it, but you're like, mm-hmm. until you see someone do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been nice to show we didn't have the right pot on the stove. Though just, just how easy it is. Easy it is to, to put a lid on there. Yeah, we had an old yeah. we had an old wok we were using and there's no lid. Even the, that's the what we did last soda. year with our fire prevention. We did uh, we did all three. We showed with the water. Uh, we showed simply by smothering, yeah. and then we showed them why we want yeah. to once it's smothered to mm-hmm. actually remove it from the heat. Yeah, uh, shut the heat off because just by popping it off, you know, a few seconds yeah. later, that option yeah. reignited, yeah. reignited. Yeah. Um, and then with the uh, baking soda as well. Yeah. It is nice to know because you're not going to get those kinds of fires with uh, a glass top. Yeah. Maybe with an element style. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely with oh, a gas yeah, range. Can, yeah. yeah, no, I, yeah, I think, you it does, I think yeah. if you let it burn, like I mean, we <laughs> we kind of artificially yeah. got the fire we heated going because <laughs> we we got <laughs> yeah. it going and then we put the tiger torch on it to make it burn because mm-hmm. we don't yeah. want to sit there for five hours. <laughs> we we just burnt ours and it ignited. Yeah. over over just, gas. You just let it yeah. run for a long time. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, everything will fucking go up, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, I mean, the the Seacan is really cool because now we can, uh, now that it's portable, like super portable, we can actually put it on the tail end of the uh, crane truck. Yep, and the, the idea is we're going to be able to go up to the schools, yeah. drop it, and not, maybe not necessarily always have the kitchen. We could, we could put, tree. you know, we were talking, throw a carpet in there, throw an old couch. Yeah, I think Christmas time with the cr- trees, yeah. that's another great time. Yeah. Or just yeah, show how fast, you know, even, you know, like a lit cigarette or, you yeah. know, a candle. How fast, it, you know, yeah. yeah, how fast yeah. your bedroom fire can turn if you have a candle burning or something. How fast that can go. Because um, we can be fully involved. You can do the uh, close before you doze, maybe too, with the two cans. So yeah. So that's the other plan. The other side. So mm-hmm. now that we have two, we, we can spin them around. We're going to spin them around. So basically the two tail ends are open. Yeah. Shove them together, make a frame for the door. Um, and then um, that way we can actually, we're going to have to cut another hole in the door though. Yeah, but then you can show one with a yeah. door open, one. One yeah. with a door open, one yeah. without. And, and basically we'll light the fire. We'll have the fire rocking in one end so people can actually walk around. So yeah. involved it is and then go around where the door is closed. Yeah, or even have the door open and have a firefighter crawl in and close the door, just yeah. to show how good a, just a, a mm-hmm. just a regular door is. Yeah, I think that visual can, would be super huge. Even for um, our own guys, yeah, we could time um, absolutely. we could time it for how long it takes mm-hmm. to. Because uh, I was actually thinking we could, we could turn that sea can into a really um, tight quarters um, VAS room, right? Because if we just we have to put a window on one end and the guys mm-hmm. can jump in as it's rocking through the door, they have to close the door. <laughs> It's basically what we already have in the burn building. We don't yeah. need to do anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it'll be a good fire Seminar. information. <laughs> Seminar, yeah. yeah, but the, having having it uh, in a small can like that now, with it cut in half. Yeah, it's very versatile. And we start uh-huh. t- talking about um, public education and stuff, like getting mm-hmm. that involved with the schools and showing that real live fire event what it does. That is so much more impactful than standing in a classroom saying. Have your fire safety plan, have your meeting spot, which is still absolutely key, yeah. but yep. showing that one next level, yeah. it, it's so badass. People yeah. love it. They eat it but up. When you're watching videos, you're like, oh, yeah, that's cool. But when you're there watching it, when, you, goes, feel the when you feel the heat off your face, you're like, this is happening. It's right right in front of me. Yeah, absolutely. It's and cool. it looks yeah. way, way cooler. And you just get way more buy-in. Yeah, way more buy-in. No, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and then on top of that, we uh, we did the old uh, extinguisher demo. We had you know the pan of gas and people the were usual. putting it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. awesome. Well, well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fire prevention week. I think uh, this week here, I think our guys were going to the school for the grade threes doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah, having a having a portable can with a little crane truck that's great. Yeah, well done. Um, any more for any more guys? Nope. nope. No, I don't think so. I will say, just as we roll in the shout-outs, Seattle Sea Rat, Ignition mm-hmm. USA. Yes, they are. Back in stock. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah I, it sounds like it might be a limited, limited run. Limited time, it looks like. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know if they're just kind of testing the waters again, where, the, where, where they're at with that, but... A lot of listeners have reached out and said, hey, like, where can I get my hands on these? And sadly, it was nowhere. Mm-hmm. So at the moment, there is a limited run uh, if you're looking for a sea route, mm. uh, English and USA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I found using the sea route with a shove knife on some of our um, outward swinging doors there at the fire hall was great because it's uh, when the shove knife, shove knife flips out, it's like a big Swiss Army knife, right? Now you got this big handle to work with. That's right. It was very easy. Um, and then that, that key blade there as well, that's yeah. working hot down. I think a lot can be done with that tool and a wedge. 
Oh yeah, with that gapping bar, like yeah, I was showing some of the guys without trying to wreck all of our paint on our doors. Same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, you probably slammed a wedge in there because I had my modus wedge with me. Yeah. Yeah, it works great. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, into that modus. Sure, I'll keep on going. Uh, modus. So obviously soft entry like we were talking they got their j-hook they got their lloyd tool um they got some uh force entry wedges uh regular and then their heavy hitter mm-hmm. uh they're really pushing these new neon colors which is especially the pink right now uh, the pink is uh take taken off and i love the pink and the uh like neon lime lime green oh yeah uh, he's, you know you start thinking about um <clears throat> low vis situations yeah. nighttime uh They'll couple that with some of that identifier mm-hmm. money. Uh, they've also got their uh, um, snagger tool, which is their claim claim to fame mm-hmm. hydrant kit. Uh, they've got some of their uh, soft kit, like their pouches, their bags, um, their hose straps. Lot lots of gear. Check them out on the social medias. They're the, on the Facebooks, Instagrams, and such. Uh, and if you like what you see, uh, DTFF five gets five percent off. And that heavy hitter wedge is it's super handy with the hole in it, right? Because when we're talking about just taking your halogen and a wedge to a door, yeah. you know, one application of that. Some some guys had a, a strap on their mm-hmm. on their helmet, and they just pulled it out because if not, otherwise, sometimes if it's in the pocket. Sometimes, of course, it's at the bottom of your pocket. Eh, you had a pocket if organizer. You don't have a pocket organizer, <laughs> that's right. But however, it's because <clears throat> when you're holding your your halogen, you're already you've got a little bit of purchase pressure on there, right? So you've already um, gained that, and now we want to capture that with that wedge. So by having it just on the spike end, you know, with yeah. that, with the oh, holder, yeah, so it sits on the yeah, spike, just sits yeah. on the spike, and then you pull it off, place mm-hmm. it into place, away you go. Yeah, it works, nice. works like a hot dam. I was gonna throw um, just a bit of webbing, actually, like, like through 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 the hole of mine. Um, yeah, I don't know. Try yeah, try doing a couple of with it with it on that. Okay, mm-hmm. it works quite nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, moving on to stop the bleed. Scott, want to take that one? Yeah. Three methods of uh, bleeding control are direct pressure, wound packing, and the, the tourniquet. Um, if you're going to get a tourniquet, get a real tourniquet. I was watching some stuff online about, again, back to fake tourniquets again. Is it again, eh? Yeah. I think the um, COVID kind of settled slowed some of that down because no one was shipping anything out of any... The Chinese ports, because <laughs> let's face it, that's where all the that's where all the fake tourniquets are coming from. Yeah, your wish tourniquet. Yeah, the wish. Don't get the, wish tourniquets. Don't get a wish because you're gonna be making please a wish. That hopefully, God, please let this bleeding stop because my tourniquet just broke. Yeah. <laughs> get a proper tourniquet. Um, uh, Cat Gen Seven. Yeah, uh, there's no Gen Eight, right? There's only Gen Seven so far. I think as far as that. Um, Softies. Any of the ones that are listed on. Um, Those are my favorite. Which one? Softie. Both the cat and the softy, you know, they're both. Um, I mean, the cats are kind of our go-to because that's what we we carry. Yeah, uh, and that's what the majority of the other agencies carry around yeah. us as well. However, the uh, the softies, they definitely have their place. Yeah. I find the softy is better when you're applying to somebody. Yeah, if you, you kind of manipulate to, it and work around to, it better. Yeah, if you have to uh, yeah. dising or discouple it to yeah. go. I find that it's something. a better tourniquet to apply to somebody. Um, mm-hmm. And then the um, the cats are better to apply to yourself, mm-hmm. I think, because just because of the velcro. Because if you if you miss it, you you it doesn't it's totally fall off. Wrap. You can re yeah, yeah re, you can you can redo it. Um, I do find though, which is kind of you know, 
um, when we're training some people, they're like, ah, this Velcro's all gimped. It's like, well, yeah, because they're training tourniquets. Yeah, they're beat In up. real life, you just, this is a one-time Same deal, use. man. Like, yeah, yeah you're not going to be like, ah, I'm using these old training tourniquets. It's all gimped. It's mm-hmm. like, no, your Velcro will be fresh because it's going to be not out of the package, but it'll be mm-hmm. it'll be sitting there fresh. Mm-hmm. It'll be it'll be used once and only once. That's right. Yeah. I'm not going to wash it off. ask for it back. Yeah, I'm going to wash that thing <laughs> off. Yeah. Put it back in my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, another thing, actually, I've been telling some of the law enforcement guys is, um, is if you're going to get a tourniquet, don't do tactical black. Everything that police carry yeah. is always black, and they're like, it's got to be cool. tactical stuff. Yeah. So get an orange one, because when the first responders are looking for your tourniquet or your partner's looking for your tourniquet, he's going to be going, oh, what's this? Oh, those are gloves. Oh, what's this? Oh, that's a baton. Oh, what's this? Oh, that's a handcuff. No. It's like, right away, there's the orange thing on his belt. It's the only orange thing on his belt. That's a tourniquet. Mm-hmm. Grab that. Uh, I mean, you do blue, I guess, but um, yeah. yeah, orange just mm-hmm. sticks out. Make it bright. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and if you want to get some of that uh, equipment or training products and stuff like that, Bleed. oh, sorry, did I just mention bleedingcontrol.org? Oh, no, right. no, yeah. Sorry, sorry, stop the bleed.org. It used to be bleedingcontrol.org. It's yeah. now stop the bleed.org. Yeah. For some of those um, training aids and bags and tourniquets, if you want to purchase rescue essentials. Uh, they've got medical kits, they got bags, they got pouches, they got some components, trainings, and instructions. I'm just going through their, their products right All now. All of the not wish tourniquets. All of the not wish yeah. products. I <laughs> yeah. uh, definitely check them out for uh, any of What's the medical. Su- yeah, that's a IFAC right there. Yeah. A little medical kit. Um, I'm on their website right now. It says save 10%. Uh, looks like a subscribe button. So. Uh, that is not related to DTFF, but uh, save 10%. Go check them out. Rescue Essentials. Rescue-Essentials.com. You can type in DTFF and see if they'll give you anything. Yeah. <laughs> if you do it enough times, they'll be like, hey, these, we should, should give these DTFF guys a little bit of <laughs> I got well, to reach out to her and email her again. Yeah. 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 No, that's, uh, that's totally on me. I haven't uh, talked to them in a while. Um, and then um, if we start getting spring seminar stuff back in we'll hopefully get Tanner Olson in country music out of the west coast of Canada check him out on Spotify and all the social medias which we're about to talk about on us yeah <laughs> so then you have us so please uh, look for us on Facebook give us a like give us a follow comment um, share uh, we're on the YouTubes the Instagrams and the TikTok we're, we're trying to pick up our game on the TikTok a, a bit here it's it's yeah. been pretty weak Ash picked up the ball and then dropped it with the song used <laughs> a terrible song yeah, used yeah. yeah. I, I feel so we, we need girl some. is on fire is the girl on fire is that what it is no this girl is on fire oh yeah. Jesus terrible <laughs> Like oh, I'm man. like you have so many fire songs in the world. There's like yeah. Jump in the Fire by Metallica. You could use that. You could use that. Like, Ring of Fire by Johnny Cash. Yeah, right? And Carl is on fire. And yeah, this Carl's on fire. I, you got all these options. Something else is on fire. And you pick that. <laughs> I'm talking about. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. Yes. So you do have us. Please give us a like. Give us a follow. Comment. Reach out to us. Um, Purposely you know. do not follow that or look at that one video because I want Ash to feel shame when there's only 100 videos. <laughs> there's only well, you see, <laughs> it got terrible traction. It did get terrible traction. Yeah. New music. <laughs> we'll do... Uh, Are we going to let Ash be in charge of the music after this? No. Johnny Cash. Come on, man. Ring of Fire. Metallica. Mm. <laughs> Anyways. Stuff. So, yes, please... <laughs> 
What do you Throw us some comments, and uh, yeah, it'll help us get out in front of <laughs> any of you guys. <laughs> yeah. Scott? Fuck in the belly. Okay. <laughs> uh, good night. Ash? All worked up. Have a good night. Y'all worked up. Get some. Rob? Good night. Uh, good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. And as always, stay safe. Stay DTFF. <laughs>